Well, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good. How are you? Uh, you know, before we get there, let me just tell the people who I am. So I am Yolanda Johnson. I am the owner and founder of Beyond Measure LLC. And um, I get to host these wonderful segments that's related to Can You See Me? And Can You See Me was started about four years ago. Um, and it was started during the year where there was a lot of... Um, shootings of black and brown boys and things of that nature, but the, the racism, the discussions was so high. It was so high and I was like, you know what? I can participate in this or I can decide what is my space and what is it that I can do? What are the gifts that God has given me? And so what I decided to do is to use my platform to bring folks together and to discuss tough issues, to, um, discuss the things that are sometimes hard to talk about, um, to facilitate the discussions around racism, around mental health, around equality, things of that nature. And I have all of you great folks to help me do that. And so um, today we have Dr. Carrie Register Haley, we have Tracy Allen, and I am going to give them the opportunity to tell, the, uh, tell you who they are and all of the great things that they're doing. And then you all ask me how I'm doing. Um, you know, I have learned and life has taught me over the past couple of years to um, focus on the moment. So in this moment right now, I'm doing well because I'm with the two of you. I'm doing what I love, right? Um, in another moment, I may not be doing so well or I may be doing great. So, you know, even when I hear that living, um, you know, when living your best life first came up, I was like, well, you know, I don't know if that's a bandwagon I'm going to jump on because I don't, that, that sounds like too far for me. I have to focus on what's here and now, build those moments up. And hopefully my good moments will equate to living a good life. So right now in this moment, that's my long way of saying that I'm doing pretty well, pretty well. Yeah. So Tracy, let's start with you. What do you do and how are you doing? So I am the owner of Reclaiming Hope LLC. I provide um, individual, family, group counseling, employee wellness. There's a wide gamut of the things that I do. Um, I am doing telehealth now, had a huge adjustment, but I have adjusted. Um, I am, I am well because I am protecting my wellness right now. Um, I am heavily monitoring what I absorb, um, just so that I can stay in a good space with everything so heightened right now. That is important for me that I protect my energy. I have to, mm -hmm. um, I, it's so many things that I could complain about, but I choose to focus on what feels good right now. And what feels good is what I'm doing to benefit my people, what I'm doing to benefit myself. And, you know, even being here in this segment with you is to benefit somebody else. So I'm good. I cannot complain at all. Love that. Thank you. Dr. Haley, how are you? So I... I'm going to start off by saying that thank you, Yolanda, for the invitation to come on. I think this is so needed and critical at this time. Um, given our political environment, our social environment, and our health environment, that this is necessary 
to have these discussions. Um, I am Dr. Carrie Register Haley. I'm the owner of Revelation of Investment Coaching LLC or ROI Coaching. And I do executive leadership development coaching, but I do also a lot of training on unconscious, dealing with unconscious bias and addressing it, um, training on a lot of soft skills, uh, engaging in your mental health, not your mental illness, and then just the uh, opening up the aperture for conversations. Uh, one of the things, one of the ways that I do that is actually I have a um, page on Facebook called Empower Your Merry Mindset, and we put a lot of content in there to help people become the best versions of themselves. And that's difficult at times, and so I don't take it lightly. You know, we can, we can say it as a cliche, I'm going to be the best version of myself. At the end of the day, that takes work. That takes introspect. That takes um, some awareness of where you're not showing up so well. And so that's what I do. And I figured out that after being quarantined or not quarantined at home for the first two weeks, I was like, oh, this is good. And then my mental health wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be. And so I have been constantly having to remind myself every single day that this will pass. In the meantime, I need to continue, continue to work on me. And the same with what you and Tracy both said is that I have to guard my gates, my ear gates, my eye gates, and my mouth gate, because those are all powerful in their own right. And if we don't put some distance between some things, then we could end up spiraling very easily. And so what I've done is some days I just, I won't even turn the TV on. I might read yeah. on my phone on the things that are uh, important to me, but I won't turn the TV on. And so it's, it's a, a good practice to learn that. And I know we're going to get into that. But right now, as you said, Yolanda, I'm in the moment. I'm present. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. And I'm thankful to God that I'm alive and well. Because um, that's yeah. everybody's story. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's an old joke. You could take a dirt nap. It's not a joke anymore. Because some people didn't wake up this morning. That's right. And some people won't wake up throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful. I have a spirit of gratitude. Yeah, love that. Love that. Absolutely. You both mentioned so many great things. Um, Tracy talked about her absorption, you know, protecting her absor absorption. You talked about guarding your gates. Give us, I, I think that right now, people need coping mechanisms. Um, you know, the past few weeks, well, the past couple months have already been so like filled with anxiety for so many people, even those of us who have good coping skills, right? And then over the past few weeks, on top of de dealing with COVID, on top of some of the world turning upside down for people collectively and individually, then we're now dealing with things that are in the media um, that is so disheartening, so stressful, so um, traumatizing, because that's what a lot of this is. It is traumatizing, and then it's re-traumatizing. I like the fact that Tracy said, like, um, protecting her absorption, right? Because the more we watch that, we are re-traumatizing ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, I do, I like to connect with it. You know, I like to see 
um, I'm happy to connect with it with Ahmaud Arbery. I wasn't um, prepared when I watched it. Like I wasn't mentally prepared until it like happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what just happened in front of my eyes here? Um, and so can you both give some coping techniques? We heard about what you're doing in this space, but can you guys give some coping techniques for other folks who may not be where we are, who may not have the support system that we have? Um, what are some of those basic coping techniques that people can do right now? Doc, you want to go? <laughs> Either one of y'all could jump in. Go ahead, Tracy. <laughs> See that? See what happens when you're the youngest in the bunch, you get bullied. Yeah. We so, were bullies, right? Yes. So um for my clients, um, typically, um, I have been trying to push the envelope a little bit with them. Um, while we're on the phone and they could have things going on right in that moment and a full cry, put your shoes on, walk and talk to me. And we're doing session while they're out walking, getting air, and I'm like, Well, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? And it kind of takes the focus off of that bad moment and into something totally different. Um, my client, she was having a major issue and just taking her attention from that, she started focusing on the, um, the wind chimes that somebody had on their porch and the birds and, oh, I didn't even know this was here and I didn't know that. And then we were laughing and she was, and I'm like, good, like be in this moment right here, right now. Like, what are you feeling right now? Coloring. I get my kids to do a lot of drawing and coloring, even when they can't draw and color. One activity that I do with them, draw a flower, draw the petals. In the middle, it says, I am. What do all the, what are all of the things on the petals? What are you on those petals? And then the pot, even with, with my adults, draw the roots. What are the roots that made the flower? Okay. All of the things you've overcome, what are those things? And so they get to focus on some positive things. Um, what are you smelling in your house? Aromatherapy. Like what smells good to you? What makes you feel good? You know, people are like, I can't use bubble bath. You can use essential oil. Get some lavender, get some eucalyptus. If you're in the morning, get citrus, um, lemongrass, rosemary, anything. Put a jasmine plant in your house. Mm -hmm. Those things are key to me. Being fit, mm -hmm. staying active as I sit and squeeze in my jeans this morning. <laughs> I am sure. Well, you know, let's let's do a little caveat, a little sidebar real quick. What what shoes are the both of y'all wearing? Because both of y'all have your shoe game so high. Oh, you no, know, I not love right y'all's shoe game. Not today. You can't show your oh, shoes today. <laughs> not these slippers. Not these slippers. I love it. I love it. And mine are... As I have on my CVS, uh, you know, flip-flops here. <laughs> Pink. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> mine's are purple. And you are, that's my because part. I know, but, but we know that you ladies keep your shoe game tight. So it's okay that you're squeezing in those jeans today, uh, Tracy. I'm sure you look great with your pink slippers on. Go ahead. <laughs> but act, being active is important my best friend and i she gets off of work at five and we're both getting off the computer and she caught 5 15 she's like let's go we're walking you know on the phone together while we're walking i think the key now is to get air because i've worked a few days from the porch i'm like i cannot stay in this stuff you know and who i'm i live with the news is on all day long i don't want to hear it 
I don't want to hear that. So it's like taking the time to do things that just make me feel good. Um, the dollar store has amazing adult coloring books and kids coloring books. Cause I, I buy my bulk from, from uh, dollar general and family dollar. Mm-hmm. So just little things that you've never done before dollar general, their owl activity owl has so many things in it that you can, you know, color by number or decorate uh, boxes or, you know, little things that you can do outside of your normal spectrum of picking the phone up and browsing social media, like just think doing, doing different things. That's been my biggest mm-hmm. push right now with people mm-hmm. and myself, because I know I need to be more active. I know I need to exercise, but snacking feels good when there's nothing to do. Carbs are, carbs are one of those, um, that is my drug of choice, a carb. I love carbs. However, (laughs) carbs are the reason why I danced the jig to get me friends. So, you know, all things in moderation. One day I'd like to see that, like, shimmy of you getting those jigs. It was pathetic. Well, the fact that you're trying to get in them, that's good, because, you know, I'll put on a real easy jumper and I won't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> that was my mark of like Tracy. Yes, Tracy, I love the fact you are, yeah, you are in so alignment with exactly what Doc said. See, hear, smell, like all of that, your physical. Doc, talk about that. Like I just heard everything that she said and you said in, in different ways, but that see and hearing and smelling. Um that's so important. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, one of the biggest things was what we just did is laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Laughter is huge. When mm-hmm. you have, when you're depressed or you feel like you're, you know, the world is heavy, being able to laugh and get all of that out your system, not only are you filling your lungs up yeah, because you're laughing, and you're, you're, you know, expelling that negative energy at the same time. And that's huge to me. And that's one of the things um, I was, I, the other day I was, uh, got into a wrestling match with my son over his phone because he was talking to one of his friends on the phone. And he says, I hijack his conversations because I always have to show up and try to be funny. And mm-hmm. I hijack his conversation and it was intentional. And his friend who also calls me mom, um, his name is Q. Q was like, mom, get him, get him. And then we were wrestling over the thing. And I'm thinking, this dude is too easy for me to be trying to wrestle with. But he was gently wrestling me, which was, showed me that how much he cared about the fact that I'm his mother. And that he yeah. didn't lose sight of that in the tussle. He didn't lose sight of that. And that made me laugh even more, but it made me feel good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. So, you know, those are all so many great ways to cope and feel good and make sure we're focusing on those things that um, help us like increase our energy. And I heard you talk about breathing, getting some air in your lungs, yeah. you know, with laughter. Yeah. And I'm, um, so I have, I have a bike, my bicycle, not my motorcycle bike, my bicycle. <laughs> like, you know, I rode it a couple of times, but I've ridden that thing so many times. Mm-hmm. One part about it is, is I've discovered so many different parts of my neighborhood that I didn't mm. know existed. Like roads that I drove by a thousand times and didn't pay any attention. I intentionally go down those roads because now I can, I can be on my bike and be nosy. And I, yes, yeah. I didn't, and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know this was back here. Cause I live um, 
by a, a protected uh, wet, wet area back here, um, mm -hmm. metals. and there's so many things back there, and I see the wildlife running around, and these birds, and, and all these other things, and, and some yeah. of the things that I thought I was afraid of, like little lizards and stuff, <laughs> they don't, they, I'm not real comfortable, but, but yeah. I'm, fascinated, I'm, fascinated, mm, but. I'm fascinated by their behavior. And yeah. so I sit there and watch and see some of the things that they do. And it fascinates me how they are so aware of everything that's going on around them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're also on a mission. Yeah. So I take all of that in. And then the other thing that I take in is whenever I walk in the evening, I usually have like Brene Brown or someone playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To break my own chains internally. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. even though you work on yourself, something will come up and trigger. And I've had a lot of triggers lately. Yes. And I have to be cognizant of those triggers. Mm -hmm. How to re-engage them in a way that's helpful for me to get past whatever I'm going through. So I know what I need to deal with. And I would mm -hmm. say to anybody else who is listening that the number one thing I had to work on uh, the most is getting a good night's sleep. Sleep hygiene is huge for as far as it has been tough for everybody. My, and you know how important my sleep is to me, but my sleep schedule is, has been off, you know, how can we get that back? Like, especially after all of these several weeks of having these off schedules, like how can we make sure that we, Help, help us, help us. We have, I, I need we have to be intentional. I have a, on my phone, I have, I have a sleep um, schedule. schedule on my phone. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it tells me it's time to go to bed, girl. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, yeah. and it's set for exactly seven hours. So mine is, it's set for exactly mm -hmm. seven hours. Mm -hmm. So I have a reminder also on my phone at 45 minutes till the time that my sleep schedule mm -hmm. Starts, I need to start winding down. Whatever yeah. I'm intaking uh, on the television, on my phone, whatever I'm doing at that time, it's time mm -hmm. to remind that thing and take a good shower or a bath. Yes. Clear bath with some Epsom salt, some oils, mm -hmm. all of those wonderful things Tracy mentioned. Put yeah. that stuff in the water. I even mm -hmm. put rubbing alcohol in my water to get get the aches out of my you, mouth. Oh, you old school, old, old school. school. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that, Tracy. Was to <laughs> put that in the water, and it helps me. And then a calming yeah. tea, a sleepy, mm -hmm. a calming yeah. tea, chamomile, something that mm -hmm. will help you to get that good rest. And yeah. then if you wake up in the middle of the night, intentionally don't turn your television on. Don't look at mm -hmm. your Matter of fact, try to leave your stuff outside of the bedroom so mm -hmm. that you have a tendency to roll over and try to see who, you know, called, yeah. who looked at you on Facebook or whatever you're doing. Let it yeah, go. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, I'm, I'm going to give a, a really real caveat right now is that for me, my phone, um, because my children live out of state, I do keep my phone near me. and um, And then I say to myself, what is it that I can really change or do, right? But I don't ever want them not to be able to get to me. So if I get up in the middle of the night, a lot of times I will check my phone because my mom and my children are in another state. Um, and so then once that happens, 
a lot of times I can't go back to sleep. And for me, like I, I have no problem falling asleep, but if I wake up, I cannot go back. And I'm a lavender eucalyptus person, you know, my bath and all of that, but I'm going to try to get back to my um, sleep schedule that is in my phone and reminds me that I need to go to bed. Um, and so, yeah, I'll get back to that. Tracy, what, what are you doing and what do you recommend to your clients for like sleep to help um, our sleep patterns be consistent? Oh, sleep is hard for me. Um, <laughs> again, I can fall asleep, but I'll wake up two and three times a night and it aggravates me because by the third time I'm wide awake. Um, I thought that was just age. I guess. What? I guess. <laughs> okay. You're doing I, I, that, that That has a lot to do with it, yes. <laughs> um, I, a lot of times, I say do something that's tiring before you go to bed. Mm. And it is the smallest thing. Like, a lot of people don't like to read. Read mm -hmm. something. Get mm -hmm. something that is interesting to you and start reading it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to get tired and you're not going to want to, you know, you're just going to be ready mm -hmm. to go to bed. Um, one of the things, <clears throat> like these. Oh, okay. And I tell people, you will never finish a whole page in a day or a night because there's so much on there, but it's enough to make you tired. Is Those that a coloring you, book? It's a mandala coloring book. Okay. Um, a lot of okay. times in therapy, they use them and they gauge what's going on with people by the colors that they use and the patterns mm -hmm. that they color. And you can tell a lot about mood and um, mm -hmm. how oriented a person is just based on how they color, color those. Mm -hmm. But you can get those even in um, Dollar General. But okay. just do something that's tiring for you. I do know that when I exercise at that day at, mm -hmm. by the night, yeah. um, I can go to sleep and I'll stay asleep for a while. Yeah. Um, and good old fashioned melatonin, if you need it, it's already mm -hmm. a, a chemical that's in the body. Mm -hmm. Use your melatonin with your sleep mm -hmm. tea or what have you. Now I'm, I'm not the biggest on prescribed sleep aids, but mm -hmm. you know what, if that's what you have to do because you can't sleep, then that's mm -hmm. what you have to do because you cannot sleep at all. Mm -hmm. um, but try to do something different, like tire yourself out. And part yeah. of that is we are accustomed to being lazy, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do anything. We have a whole bunch of excuses and I'm talking to myself. I have a whole bunch right. of reasons why I can't. When I can, I can make 30 mm -hmm. minutes, 15 minutes mm -hmm. to do some physical activity. Yeah. One, it'll make you feel good ultimately. And two, you'll have you'll be tired by the end of the night. Yeah, yeah. I notice on the days where I go out and I'll do my power walks, those are the days that I rest so much better, mm -hmm. so much better. And it calms my spirit too. Um, we're going to focus, we're going to move over a little bit and focus on um, therapy. Before you move. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Before you move forward, I just also want to offer um, meditation music at night. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep. There's a channel that I use. It's free on YouTube. It's called Yellow Brick Cinema. And Yellow that, Brick? Yellow Brick Cinema. And it has okay. thousands and thousands of hours um, and for different things. You know, if you're looking for something for sleep or relaxation, it has all that music on there. But when you wake up in the middle of the night and you cannot go back to sleep, mm -hmm. turn on one of those. Because mm. it's that soothing and it gets into those alpha and beta waves and it brings you right back down. 
Okay, yellow brick cin cinema, y'all. Y'all, y'all hear that? And so Jason Stevenson, Jason Stevenson, S T E P H. That's Stevenson. Uh huh. Stevenson. He has a good channel as well. I can cut his okay. stuff on, and I'll go right out. And even if you Google, uh, I mean, YouTube sleep stories. Mm -hmm. you'll fall asleep to those as well. I just mm -hmm. found the channel with sleep stories and I never get through the first 10 minutes of the story and mm -hmm. I'm asleep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I heard Jason Stevenson, Yellow Brick Cinema and any type of like sleep stories or like coloring on the Mandela coloring book just to make sure folks out there hear that good. And so there, those are so many good like coping things and all of that. Um, so for the folks who are doing all of that, um, when is it time? When is it time when you know that your coping isn't working, your sleep is continuing to be off, your emotions continue to be off, your anxiety is high? When is it time to know that you need to go see a therapist or you need to call a doctor uh, for folks out there who are experiencing these things over and over and over again and cannot do a lot of these things that we're able to do for whatever their reason. When is it time, you guys? Tracy, you can start. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I find is that oftentimes most people have been dealing with that for a while. It just may be a circumstance that exacerbates it. Right. Um, it's, it's odd. I did a, a storytelling event last night and that was a part of my story that if you've been dealing with something for months or years, it's time to actually go get some help and go talk to somebody. Absolutely. You know, culturally, you know, we're taught your grandmother, don't you take, don't what happens in this house stays in this house mm -hmm. or you better pray about it. Or, mm -hmm. or, you know, we think that we can drink about it or smoke about it or what have you. And those things don't work. Like right. you have to be comfortable with the idea of going to go talk to somebody and talking to a specialist in that area because mm -hmm. people will go to their PCP and that's great, but your PCP is only going to prescribe for you or guide you in the amount of comfort for them because they've only had a small rotation in that. The example right. I gave, like, would you go to a dentist for a heart issue? No, you would go to a right. cardiologist. So you mm -hmm. go see your a psychiatrist if necessary you go see your holistic practitioner in combination with therapy whatever your method is of treatment that you feel like you need to work works best for you mm -hmm. you do that but you mm -hmm. talk to your counselors your social workers your psychologists go get that help but this has been an ongoing thing it's one That's thing right. if it's attributed mm -hmm. to a financial issue let's say you just lost your job or mm -hmm. they're doing cuts or something and it it's attributed to that, but it is mm -hmm. affecting your daily functioning. It's still mm -hmm. okay then to go talk to somebody, mm -hmm. but don't try to mask it. You know, I've been, I had anxiety for the past four years, but what have you been doing? I right. just deal with it. How are you dealing with it? Go talk mm -hmm. to somebody. Don't right. wait right. until it's, it's the point of a panic attack and you feel like you thinking you're having a heart attack and end mm -hmm. up in the ER just for them to give you a psych referral. Mm -hmm. That's Jump so good. Jump on it ahead of time. You know, that, that's so good. You've been dealing with things for years, right? And so a lot of times in the midst of COVID, um, I think that people are seeing some issues, but they're seeing some issues where they may have already been there pre-COVID, but now this situation is exacerbating it. And 
now you got a couple of things on your hand. And, and, you know, the other thing is, is that when you have been dealing with something for years and you know it, I have realized that that is now, that is almost like abusive to the people around you. Yep. How dare you? Yep. How dare you? Um, Doc, talk about being stuck in that time of when you know something is wrong and you continue to operate in that. You haven't gone to get therapy, all of that, wherever you want to go with that. Yeah. Um, I also want to pull back just um, before I dive into that and say that mm-hmm. uh, those are great things. Uh, Tracy definitely mm-hmm. took the time, but also I want people to recognize is that if you're feeling numb, if you're feeling there's disbelief, anxiety, fear, if you have difficulty concentrating, change in appetite, energy, mm-hmm. your level of, uh, of activity, nightmares, um, your chronic health problems, if they start to worsen, you got high blood pressure now that's going through the roof. But these mm-hmm. are all signs. Yeah. Uh, your short temper, um, increased use of alcohol, drugs, all those things are signs that you are in distress and mm-hmm. that you need, that it's no longer something that you're managing because you're not. If you've got headaches, body pain, stomach aches, rashes, anything that starts because the the mental will start to manifest itself into the physical when it goes unchecked. And so being in those times of distress and we're not doing anything about it, it just continues to escalate. Yeah. What it does is mentally you become unaware and desensitized to your own behavior. As you said, Yolanda, people around you start to suffer. They've probably been suffering but now it's worse because mm-hmm. you still refuse to take care of yourself and right. you're affecting the people around you so much that your children are now afraid to even talk to you or your loved one, your spouse, your significant mm-hmm. other. It feels like they're walking on eggshells. No right. one wants to engage you because of the negativity or the toxic environment that you have right. because you are not taking care of you. Yep. Right. And right. That, that's, that's almost unpalatable when mm-hmm. you're the person on the receiving end. But mm-hmm. also, you don't realize the damage that you're doing internally. I'm right. A, I went to uh, the doctor last year, and my blood pressure had went up, and I didn't realize it. And she was like, I'm going to put you on some different medicine, but you need to mm-hmm. go to the eye doctor. I'm like, uh, why do I need to see the eye doctor? I just came mm-hmm. here. Change, you changed. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. You realize that when you have high blood pressure, the back of your eye, the vein, mm-hmm. Rep- and, and, and it, cause, yeah. it can cause you to lose sight or be blurred, mm-hmm. you know, blur your sight. And some mm-hmm. other things that it does in, in your jawline, gr- grinding your teeth because yeah. you're not dealing with the anxiety or the depression that is onset because mm-hmm. you, you can handle it. There's so many things that are manifesting in the body, but it's also becoming toxic in the environment around you. Mm-hmm. If you focus at work, you're probably going to do poorly at work, having um, uh, poor evaluations. There's so many things that are affected yeah. when we don't take time out for ourselves. And that's, that's right. why it's critical. We can't fix anybody else until we fix ourselves. That's right. That's right. Um, Doc, as you continue on, can you um, just hit, uh, you know, briefly about therapy versus psychiatry? Um, Because 
that may be apparent to us. It's not apparent to everyone. You know, I'm taking a pill, I'm taking a pill, I'm taking a pill, but there's no therapy with that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think it's important that people understand um, from you, you two as professionals, like where is that alignment and synergy? Shouldn't one go hand in hand or is that something that I'm mistaken about? Uh. I would say no, they, they don't have to, you don't necessarily need to see a psychiatrist if you see an, a therapist, if you're seeing a psychiatrist, right. th those two don't have to be simultaneously. Not everybody needs medication. There right. are certain markers that they go out of the DSM model um, that you've got to hit certain things in order for it to say that this is something mm -hmm. that requires medication. Mm -hmm. You don't want to self-diagnose. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Self-diagnose. And now I would also say, be very careful when, uh, when you are diagnosed and they say that you need to be on medication now. Mm -hmm. I have an opinion because it depends right. on who you go to. And I know that this is, is true because a lot of times people of color are diagnosed quickly with something that they call a mental illness when it's really something that could be done through counseling. Right. And so mm -hmm. the easier thing is to say, let me put you on this pill that's going to have you loopy or lethargic or not able to cope in your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. It's easier. And now you become another statistic when you could have actually achieved your goal by going to counseling. or just Right. But psychiatry, right? I think my concern is when I hear and know people who take medicine, but they don't have any therapy with it. Um, so it may just be like an endless thing of taking medicine, but no therapy. Yeah. Um, I'm always concerned about that because I'm like, well, do you really need to be on the medicine all the time? And a lot of times psychiatrists only see you to prescribe the medicine. Right. So not for the actual therapy. I think that's my concern. Is that something that we need to be concerned about or people need to think about if they are seeing a psychiatrist, Tracy, and they're taking medicine? Like what else should be going along with the medicine? So there are some people who have had years and years and years of therapy without the medicine. Right. And then they finally get the medicine and they're like, oh, this is it. I feel better. And then they opt not to do the therapy because the pill is the quick fix. Yeah. And not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing because some people have actually learned something from therapy. They've gotten mm -hmm. their coping skills, they work through their stuff and now they're in a better place, but the medicine was what they needed. So they're okay. Mm -hmm. However, um, I have aligned myself with a nurse practitioner who I send my clients to that need medication. And she's quick to tell her clients, Oh no, 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 no. If you don't get into therapy, then I can't see you anymore because there's no point in me constantly writing prescriptions for you and you're not getting to the root of the issue. Mm -hmm. so there are some practitioners who actually do care enough about the underlying issue while you have some who are just quick to medicate and say, I'll see you in 30 days. But mm -hmm. I do tell my clients that you sometimes you have to have them both. You know, a lot of my clients come in without it, but if we're getting to the point where you're experiencing constant suicidal ideation, um, constant nightmares, uh, panic attacks, you know, four times a week, where it's interfering with your sleep and your appetite and your daily functioning is declining from where it was when I met you, 
then mm -hmm. I have to send you on to the next step because now you're essentially, you could become a danger to yourself or anybody who's around you. So yes, you may need it. And then there are clients who want to try supplements. Okay, well, there are a few that I know of that have proven to be beneficial to people. GABA is one, 5-HTP is another one. And I'll say, you can try those. It's not the quickest fix, but try them and see what happens. And it works for some and it doesn't work for others. But mm -hmm. medication isn't always the, the thing. And even when mm -hmm. I have people that come in with children and they want their kids assessed, you know, and it's an issue that they need a bit, one of the bigger name clinics to do it. I'm like, mm -hmm. be mindful of going in. What, what, is, what is your goal of going in? Right. You're trying to get to the bottom of if there's a, an issue here. What is it that you're looking for after that? Do you need it just to say this? Or are you looking to be medicated? Because there are clinics that are going to heavily potentially medicate your children while there are others who will go and give you what you need and a, a mm -hmm. full step-by-step -step thing of what you could potentially do to help. So it's like mm -hmm. that it has to be that awareness, you know, of who you're seeing and why you're seeing them and what is the goal you're looking for. Because yeah. some people will go to a psychiatrist and be like, well, I only spent 15 minutes in there and they didn't do anything. We didn't talk mm -hmm. about anything. That's not mm -hmm. their job. That's mm -hmm. they're the doctor. When you go to your doctor, most of them, they, you, you, while you're talking, they're writing a prescription mm -hmm. or they're, you know, filling out the information for that referral. The psychiatrist isn't going to sit and have conversations with you. That's where you're going to need your therapist, your social worker, because people look like, what's the difference? You can go see an LCSWC. You can see an LCPC. You can see a supervised LMSW or LGPC. You can mm -hmm. see a psychologist, a PhD or PsyD. You can see those people to talk to them. But your psychiatrist, who's the MD, their job isn't, gonna, isn't to sit and talk to you for an hour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. People need to know roles. That's so important. They need to be asking professionals, what is it that you do so that they're not walking away with the assumption that they're going to do something that that's not what they're there for. Uh, go ahead, Doc. I was just going to say also, um, if you're a parent of a child that you're taking in there, you're that child's advocate. You need to go in prepared and ask the hard questions because mm -hmm. they are not going to take that time, like Tracy said, to try to really assess it. And you're right, when you go to psych a psychiatrist, they're not going to ask you to see if you really need the medication. They're just there to write the prescription. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very prepared when you get in there. And there's a list of things, that are, of questions, of good questions to ask online when you're going in to see um, a mental health provider. Pull that down. Have it with good. you. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid. As parents, we have to be the a strong advocate for our children because you don't want them to end up taking something that they didn't necessarily need. Everything coupled with, uh, with uh, even if you're just in a counseling group, in a, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a one-on-one, -on -one, but at least you're getting some kind of mental health care. And that's the point of it. So if you're afraid to do the one-on-one, -on -one, try a group thing first. Mm -hmm. If you do that, if you don't even want to try that, there's plenty of online and certified counselors online that you can utilize. And, and practically, just like Tracy said, she's seeing a lot of clients online right now anyway. Right. So you can do that and just, it's the taking the first step. That's all we're asking is to take the first step because this is really like that. you hold. I love that. Take the first step, ask the right questions, make sure you know their role so that you can make that choice. All right, y'all, we, we about to get into something else. So I hope y'all have a, gave me a little bit of grace. Maybe we could go to about 12, 10, 12, 15. Is that okay? 
Does anybody have a hard stop? Send me a chat. Send me a chat and we'll, we'll make it work, okay? Um, Doc, I wanted to get to a couple of your slides that you sent me over. Um, but before we do that, we are seeing so much. We know that for the past... 400 years, what has been happening with, um, historically, with African Americans, okay. Um, we know that we have, we're seeing so much more degra degradation right now, so much um, hatred that we're seeing in, in the media, in um, articles, in the world that we live in. What, what's going on? What, what can we do? What, what can we do? What do people need? And as I said, we are going to come back together another time because these are some, some issues that I believe that we need to be able to unpack well and not feel rushed about them. Um, but I wanted to give people some bite-sized things that we can, you know, kind of put out there now and then come back together maybe in a couple of weeks and talk about more. Um, but we're seeing so much of it. Um, I'm not even sure, and I had all these great questions written down and all of that, but I'm not even sure what the question is. Is there a question? Is there a discussion? People are hurting. Uh, earlier, Tracy said um, about escalating, you know, things like escalating and erupting. I believe we're seeing a lot of things erupting a lot of unearthing, a lot of things that were already there that are just like, boom right? Because they haven't been dealt with. They haven't been dealt with just like therapy and not dealing with your mental health. And now all of a sudden things are just erupting. Where, where can we go? Where can we go? I think it, it starts with really knowing what's in the sphere of your control. Yeah. What, what can I control about my current situation mm -hmm. and the things that I see around me? And then setting some positive intention uh -huh. about the role you're going to play in making sure that these things are illuminated and and some something's going to be moved or something's going to be changed or something's going uh -huh. to be done. what positive uh community service could you do what positive uh outlet could you join or what platform could you join to have uh -huh. voices heard and uh -huh. not be destructive because we're already in a destructive mindset because of what's going on. Yeah. You further spiral when you join in and keep adding things into that. We talked about this before we came on about mm -hmm. all of the stuff, the negative stuff that we're receiving. And I see it all the time in some of what I send out. Um, mm -hmm. But also limiting that. Limiting mm -hmm. that so that it doesn't take over your world so that you're not angry about the world in mm -hmm. which you can control. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so putting up some boundaries, some healthy boundaries around everything in your life mm -hmm. is one of the major things that you can do to, right. to eliminate some of this stuff. And, right. then, and, and practicing gratitude. It's hard, to, it's hard to stay mad when you practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. Gratitude to three in the morning. I, yeah. Thank you for, I just said this morning when I woke up, I said, I'm I'm thankful just to be able to wake up this morning. Just thank you. Just yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. I, I could take my own breath without a ventilator or anything. Thank you. My mm -hmm. floor, thank you. It's yeah. You stay in a negative space when you are practicing gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. So, control, gratitude, 
and then finding a positive outlet to further the cause or whatever platform or whatever concerns you have, make it mm -hmm. positive that's not going to tear down the world, but it's mm -hmm. going to increase our ability to have our voices heard. I love that. I love that. What is it that I can do? You know, that's how can you see me started? Like I can, I can participate in that. Um, I can participate in things that, you know, help exacerbate hate and all of that other kind of stuff. Or I can figure out what it is that I can do to affect change. And hopefully if we all do that individually, then we'll have this culmination of change. And I am so okay with not seeing it in my lifetime. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with prayerfully doing something to make this world better on better for the generations to come. Um, but the other thing is, is to have a safe space that we can release. You know, I have, um, I'm very fortunate to have so many groups of friends, right? Um, who are strong, who, who believe in different things, who, who don't always think like me, that we don't always agree and all of that, but we hold space with one another to release some of this stuff. So if I wanna get on a call with a couple of my girls and talk about politics and release some of that because they know that's something that I enjoy, um, or we just need to release it, I have those spaces like to do that. How important is it to have those spaces, uh, Tracy, to release certain things right now, especially for our, our young people and our young men? What are we missing? What can we do for the things that we're seeing right now? Um, that is kind of difficult for me to um, stay in a, a positive space with that mm -hmm. because our young black men, our young people, period, don't feel protected right now. Mm -hmm. right. Um, they, they feel targeted. They feel left out. Um, and they're angry. And they lash out based on what it is that they see. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they made a huge deal about the squeegee boys and how aggressive they are to people, you know, who don't look like us. Mm -hmm. And I had to prove a point to somebody. I said, what do they see on TV? They don't see people respecting us, so they take it into their own hands. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. the dynamic has changed. When I was growing up, you were taught to respect your elders. Mm -hmm. As they're coming up, they're being taught to respect who respects them. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. that makes a difference mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. I taught a class yesterday, Tracy, and then I'm going to let you go on. Um, and the young lady who was in the class, she said to me, we were talking about... Um, uh, the law, right? As it relates to, I was doing something with my, my own, my professional work with my job. And the young lady said to me, when, if she's approached by an officer, if they go savage, I'm going savage. Mm -hmm. That's how they live right now. That's what they understand. And I so get it. You know, I so get it. And I didn't try to discourage her. I wanted to hear her and I wanted to let her know that she was seen because she was like, just going off about so much because of her own lived experiences. Mm -hmm. And so talk about that. Like you saying, like even with the squeegee boys who I know that many of them have done so many positive things Yes, right now. Right. And so they're not being seen. They're not being heard. What, what go ahead and talk about what you were going to say before. The, uh... <laughs> You know, there are certain people who are trying to make programs for them now so that they can 
work and not be out on the street. But the support starts at home. That mm -hmm. was always one of my biggest issues before I started working for myself. Don't tell me what all of the issues are and all of the things that are wrong, but you're not equipping us to fix it. Like there's mm -hmm. this constant thing about, oh, attendance is this and, you know, the crime is that. But what are we doing to fix it? Where's mm -hmm. the groundwork to fix it? We can't mm -hmm. fix genetics. Okay, I get that. But what mm -hmm. are we doing systemically to fix the issues to yeah. make these households better? Like we have right. all of these accommodations now. Something as simple as Maryland Medicaid wasn't allowing group practice to, to do telehealth. Why not? But now we can do telehealth. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. you know, the benefits for the kids, now you can give them, you've authorized school-age kids, the parents to get benefits for food stamps for the month. Now you can do that. Why couldn't you do that before? Mm -hmm. You know, it's so many things that are happening now where people care, but the care mm -hmm. wasn't there before and people right. are angry. So it is right. hard to receive without a sense of entitlement because it's like, you owe me this yeah. after mm -hmm. all that I've been through. You owe me this. Right. You know, right. It's, it's hard mm -hmm. to say what needs to be in place at this point, because we are at a heightened place now. And the more mm. watch people condone the behaviors that make us feel like you know we're inferior as, as right. after we've been fighting all of these years to be mm -hmm. you know seen and to be heard but when mm -hmm. you cut the TV on and you constantly see things happening what do you think is going to happen you think yeah. violence is going to go down you mm -hmm. think people are going to sit quietly mm -hmm. no. yeah yeah you know, at this yeah. point what do, i can't say go sit in front of a therapist mm -hmm. and talk about it you know go talk right. about it because you'll feel better I can't right. say that because I don't right. know what it's like to be a young black boy. I don't know what it's like to be a black man, but I do mm -hmm. know what it's like to be a black woman. And I do know what it's like to have been harassed myself. So right. it's right. hard to get somebody to a yeah. space of being comfortable enough to sit and talk about their issues. I can preach it all day long, but what happens when the anger matches the circumstance? You're not yeah. wrong for being angry. Right. But you know, that part, that right there, you are not wrong for being angry. And that's one of the things that we have to like, to me, like allow people in that space. I'm not saying to, to create actions and to act on that right. hurt that right. gets you in trouble or that hurts other people. But the feeling of anger is there's nothing wrong with that. And when people ask me, you know, Caucasian people, a lot of times will ask, what is it that I can do? Number one, Number, first of all, it's not a one-stop shop. It is a daily life change, a daily life change. Yep. And that's another segment. But, but for now, my first answer to them is to acknowledge that maybe you have been complicit. Maybe you have been complicit, whether it be directly or indirectly. So sometimes people just need acknowledgement. So you have to acknowledge it and check your own paradigm. Yeah. Uh, before I know that we do have a hard stop in a minute. So I saw something on Doc Slides that I really want to uh, talk about because we talked a lot about therapy and psychiatry, but I see, and one of the things that's jumping out at me is two things, actually, developing culturally sensitive treatments and increasing representation in clinical staff and leadership. Does that necessarily mean you have to find a Black therapist? Like, what, is that, what does that look like, Doc? Um, developing culturally sensitive treatments, increasing Black representation in clinical staff and leadership. For folks out there 
who just need it put simple? Like, what does that look like? So uh, this, this reminds me of yesterday, I had this conversation with another uh, coach and mm -hmm. she, she was telling me how heartbroken she was. And she was like, to, to your, your point asking, what could I do to, uh, you know, she, I wanna do something. I have an African-American cousin and she said, it's heartbreaking to, to watch the things that he posts and I can't help him. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it led me back to an interview, another interview, but a post that Kiki Palmer from uh, the, um, on, she's on the Good Morning America, not mm -hmm. on Good Morning, with uh, mm -hmm. Strayhorn and, um, and so anyway, she said, okay. she says, you know, part of the problem with uh, why white people can't understand what's going on is because it's not taught in school. Mm -hmm. You don't have a class that tells yeah. you wrongs that have been the atrocities that have happened to black people. But we should. Throughout the years. And so when they see us acting a different kind of way, they equate that to being a heathen, you know, barbaric, a all thug. Thing, a thug, a thug. Yeah. But then I thought about a post that I read where the lady said, she said, I don't understand what is it going to do for y'all to tear up y'all's neighborhoods and, and tear up all these stores. Can't you find another way to do it? And the other person responded, well, we kneeled and where'd that get us? Mm -hmm. So that's the mentality that we're dealing mm -hmm. with right now. I asked, I've been asking for so long. Yes. I've been talking. If I ask you and I ask you and I ask you and I ask you, mm -hmm. at some point, I'm not going to ask. Either I'm going to com become complacent and I'm going to check out or I'm going to say, you know what, you're going to hear me one yeah. way or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. that, that's just human nature. And, and, and I believe that's what's happening. Go ahead. That's it. Because we have that fight or flight or freeze, but now they're in fight mode. And, and so trying to sit there and trying to explain to somebody your blackness that doesn't look like you, it's mm -hmm. a start. It's a start, but mm -hmm. they, they will, I, I told her, you will never understand. Because mm -hmm. she said, well, I see these police things and I feel sorry. I said, she said, what's going on right now? I said, but think about this. My sons are 28 and, and about to be 32, right? Mm -hmm. This is my life every day. I said, think about the time that you, that you was the, the most of anxiety was at the highest level in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's my life every day. Yeah. Yeah. I uh -huh. never see you get up in the morning and say, uh, I remind yourself that you're a black woman or that mm -hmm. you're a white woman. Right. Mm -hmm. When you get about to engage in something that's about to become controversial, remember you're black. Mm -hmm. Those are not conversations that <laughs> that's exhausting. Every time I'm in a boardroom and I'm the only one who looks like me and I need to say something that's going to be controversial, that angry black woman is showing up to everybody else. When mm -hmm. I'm passionate mm -hmm. about what just happened, mm -hmm. how long it is, yeah. you don't see the diversity mm -hmm. that's sitting right here and you never ask me for my opinion or try to see it through my lens. Mm -hmm. Those are the yeah. things. That's it. You don't have right conversation mm -hmm. about. Those yeah. are the things. Mm -hmm. that you need is not just one day a week, not one once a year, but this is a 365, 24 mm -hmm. by 7 thing mm -hmm. get into your DNA because my melanin is not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we say culturally sensitive, 
I think mm -hmm. that it's critical that we be culturally sensitive to the people, just like an Asian couple that I ran into at the store and the white lady that was a cashier snatched the basket and said, I'm so tired of this, look at this. And I said, hold on, I had to take my mask off. I said, that's inappropriate. That's mm -hmm. inappropriate behavior. She said, I asked him five times to move the basket up. I said, did you ever think that he didn't understand what you were saying. And I said, and also visibly to me, the guy had had a stroke and was uh, one of his arms wasn't working. Mm, but that's the context of privilege. Yes. That's it right there, that you yes. get to say, I'm tired of this because this is, this is what you think is right or wrong. And that's the exhausting part of what we deal with every day because we think we have to overthink that we're gonna be perceived a certain way. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of thinking, Tracy. Yeah. That is a lot of thinking. So I got to perform, right? Mm -hmm. I have to be on my A game at work because I'm going to do that. I have high expectations of myself. But then at the same time, if I don't think like you or um, talk like you or uh, relay information or even write like you or relay my thoughts like you, then it's wrong because you, society allowed you to decide what is right. And that's not true. That is a false sense of superiority. What, what does that look like? And y'all, we're going to wrap this up, but we got to come back together because mm -hmm. I love the energy that the two of you bring together. Go ahead, Tracy. I just want to say this, that nobody has to parent like a Black mother. When a Black mother sends their sons out of the house, pull your pants up. Don't go in here. When you go in there, act like this or say that. Make sure you do this. Take your hood off. Who else has to tell their children, their sons, all of these things to do or to be mindful of? Or how many mothers are up at night when you hear something in your neighborhood and you know your child is outside and you're panicking because you know your son is outside? Nobody parents like a Black parent. There are all of these restrictions that you're taught. Even down to now, when I was going on job interviews, oh, I would wear my wig or have my hair pressed out because I know that there's this mm -hmm. thing about mm -hmm. my hair. Yeah. Oh, but you got to believe that on that first mm -hmm. day, I'm showing up with all this natural puff <laughs> because yes. you're going to get, yes. you're going to get all this yes. blackness, whether yes. you like it or not. And like Doc said, the angry black, I don't have to agree with you. Yeah. I don't have to like mm -hmm. the way that you're doing something. I know mm -hmm. what works for me. And yeah. see, somebody asked me before, they're like, well, how do you deal in systems that aren't your own? I remove myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. staying somewhere where I can see problems being constantly created and you're not offering up any solutions. I can't yeah. do that. Yeah. You know, I yeah. want to be a part of the solution. I can see my own results with my own people now. You know, I can set the bar as high or as low as I want to meeting people where they are. If I have to sit and crack sunflower seeds and drink Pepsi with my clients, then that's what we are going to do because we're talking. I can't mm -hmm. be boxed in because sometimes it's not as simple as sitting behind a desk. You know, there mm -hmm. was this thing, oh, you go out with your staff into the communities. How can I effectively make a decision about the outcome of this child who could potentially be charged mm -hmm. for a crime mm -hmm. from behind the desk? And I have not seen what their home looks like. Mm -hmm. I don't know what yeah. their day to day looks like. I can't yep. sit here and yep. make a decision. Of, and that's the part of the problem. So many decisions are being made for people without knowing what mm -hmm. the circumstances actually look like. You know, mm -hmm. it's not a one size fits all. 
Mm-hmm. And people yeah. operate out of a one size fits all model and that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I tell you, it, it's so much and we have to come back to, to this because um, you all have so much value and people want to hear. I believe that there is a, um, a va- there's value in hearing from black women, uh, black moms, black therapists um, who are seeing our young men, who are talking to our young men. There is so much value in that. And I love all that you gave of your profession, but all that you gave of yourself today. Doc, you, you mentioned the importance of black representation and leadership. We've been talking about mental health um, and, and there's something about agility that I wanna be able to get to in our next segment. Like we're gonna dig into that. Um, but black leadership and our mental health in seeing us. It's, it's critical. It's crucial because how else can I get others to understand what is necessary for the black community if we don't have that representation. Mm-hmm. Right now, and I'm working with um, Fairfax County Mental Health, um, and there, there's the faith-based side of it and then the community outreach side of it, and we're putting together um, a series on um, black awareness of, of mental health and wellness in the community, right? Mm-hmm. And Initially, when I got on the call, there, were, there was, you know, two of us, but then it grew because we have to be responsible enough to find those others who have that connection with the Black community and make sure that they get a seat at the table, that they have the, um, the uh, they're in position to make the comments or make the recommendations that are crucial to what's going to impact us. Just like Tracy said, she is able to go into those environments. Mm-hmm. She sees something different than a lot of times that you would get some, with someone who doesn't look like us. Right. She understands the plight of a Black woman, a Black mother. And so mm-hmm. it's critical that we have people like her who can go into the communities and make better res- recommendations because somebody can have their child removed from the home if the wrong person goes in and doesn't see us. Right. They mm-hmm. see what they want to see. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we, that's why it's critical that we have Black people in leadership positions, even in our corporate, in our government places, we have to have that diversity and inclusion at the table. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, we get overlooked. We mm-hmm. get marginalized, put in the corner, put out the pasture, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, ostracized. Because mm-hmm. nobody who looks like us is going to advocate on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's mm-hmm. critical that we have a seat at the table, that we are in these leadership positions and we're pressing forward and we're pulling someone up to take over. While we're doing it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Someone else to take over, having that diversity and inclusion at the table, not just the diversity sitting at the table, but the inclusion, the inclusion of thoughts and ideas and decision making the inclusion of the communities that we're serving as well in leadership positions. Like you cannot make systems and and decisions and all of that. And you don't know the plights of the communities that you're serving. And so I I just really appreciate all of you all and having, um, just having this conversation. I didn't even know when I started thinking of this weeks ago, I didn't even know how timely it would be. 
Like I had no clue. And so I'm going to just stop the recording. Thank you all for joining me. I want you all to just stay around for one second. But um, thank you for joining me. This is yet another segment of Can You See Me? Women Leadership in Race. And we are going to come back with Doc, Dr. Carrie Register Haley. And we will be back with Tracy Allen of Recla Reclaiming Hope, LLC. <laughs> 